Uh, right. Three, two, one. I got a new recording going. Take three on this episode. Maybe the episode is cursed like the movie. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Try this again. All right. Uh, so, did you guys hear about the Vanilla Ice biopic? I did. I yeah. Thoughts? I'm, ex- I'm excited. Yeah, me too. David? I just I want to know if they're going to call it to the extreme, the Vanilla Ice story. Oh, wow. I don't know. Ice Ice Baby. Um, I wanted to include the production of Ninja Turtles 2 soundtrack. Secret of the Ooze. It's a great sequel, by the way. The Knights Club scene may not have been incorporated if it wasn't for that soundtrack. Fighting Super Shredder and the Super Mutants may not have been as good without a soundtrack that included Go Ninja Go Ninja Go. Um, But that was a dark time in Vanilla Ice's life, so they better include that. Lots of drama going on (laughs) behind the scenes. So it'd be a good juxtaposition, you know? Like, his life is falling apart, but he's recording Go Ninja Go Ninja Go for a kid's movie. Yeah. I want to see him be a perfectionist. I want to see him be a perfectionist, like throw chairs at the window if things aren't going right. (laughs) (laughs) Next to a Ninja Turtle who's smoking a cigarette, (laughs) right? In between takes. That'd be great. That'd be hilarious. Man. You guys are making this thing sound good. Secret of the Ooze or the Vanilla biopic? Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Yeah, because I already know that Secret of the Ooze is good. Yeah, yeah, that's the best one of all the movies. It's really good. Um, let's see. Also, the 80s cult classic, The New York Ripper, which could have easily been included in this marathon that we're running this summer for Summer Slash, where we watch a bunch of slasher movies and horror films. But this is another, Nick, you're going to love this. It's another Fulci movie. Yes, yes. I haven't seen this one yet. This one's pretty good. They're doing a 4K Ultra HD. This might have been his first movie that I've seen. And Blue Underground, which, they're like an exploitation DVD company or something, but Blue Underground is going to put this out in August. And then yeah. there's been a lot of talk. I'm of this. excited for it. I want to. I want to check I'm it out. Excited. Yeah, yeah, it should be pretty cool. Maybe we'll do a review of it one day. When it, you know, when it comes out, like maybe we'll do like a mini discuss because it'll be in the yeah, last month discuss, of our, yeah. our marathon. So we'll throw it on yeah. at the end. Um, but also coming out in August, and it's like there's a major anniversary. I don't know if it's like the 30th anniversary or whatever it is, but Scream Factory is kicking out the Tales from the Dark Side Collector's Edition. The considering it the nice. ultimate Blu-ray. It's got um, mm. new bonus features with a new audio commentary with the producer David Caps, a uh, new six-chapter feature-length documentary. This is going to be this is what's going to be worth buying the set for for the feature-length documentary about the movie. I well, it, that sounds incredible. Like seriously, yeah. <laughs> I already got my pre-order. You know I love a good you know I love a good anthology <laughs> and I love this one. This this was supposed to be Creep Show three to be honest with you. So. Well, that's the thing. Two of yeah. our hosts are always talking about this movie. Like Nick yeah. and Dave, you guys are always um, giving praise to Tells from the Crypt Dark or Tells from the Dark Side, not Crypt. That's the other yeah. one. Uh, I, I, I think you know Dave has got it on pre order. When he says he has has it on pre order, it's on pre order. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Dave buys everything. 
Blu-ray and yeah. DVD. You got, by the way, audience. So, yeah. what are your guys' thoughts on this like Comic Con at home thing that's been going on? I, I think it's interesting. I, I, I mean, it's. I guess it's the only way you can do it nowadays, right? I think more people are going to see more panels than ever they ever before. have before. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, or you or, or you can you can count the views and see that like oh the rooms were really empty actually this whole time nobody's watching this shit. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But they did yes like yesterday they did the Bill and Ted face the music you know Bill and Ted three they did a, a, a Comic Con at home um, with your boy Kevin Smith there David you know everybody can wet their nipples on that uh, one. Um, all his rabid fan wedding now. Um, but they're describing it as a Christmas carol. But the real juicy bits—they actually accidentally dropped two spoilers. I'm sure it's all over the internet now. But after our credit song on this episode, I'll say what those spoilers are. But I'm not going to do it in the what's new section with all the movie uh, news. I'm not going to do it now. But I'll okay, leave it, good. I'll I leave it on this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, so like that'll be after you guys. Yeah, you guys will have to plug your ears or. Or jump off at that point. We'll see. <laughs> I want to um, hear. Yeah. Uh, Capcom is apparently kicking out a whole bunch of money to do a live-action Mega Man movie. And they're Ooh. about to drop an announcement pretty soon. I guess they didn't get it in time to have their own Comic-Con at home. But who's ready for a Mega Man movie? I can't I wait. I want to see who's going to play Dr. Wily. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. That's a big <laughs> part. Probably Jim Carrey because he was just in Sonic. He'll just jump right I, over I, Play the next Mad Scientist. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's a chance to have a really good video game inspired movie. I mean, the top the top dog on the throne right now is the original Mortal Kombat that came out in the '90s. Like nothing's t- taken that throne from it. Like Street Fighter didn't do it. Uh, they had some other f- Virtue Fighter. They did a, a movie of that one. That didn't cut it. Um, nothing has I- dethroned the Mortal Kombat movies. But the I, best I think video this, game adaptation. What way? Budget? What? Like box office? Like in what way? Uh, Mortal Kombat made good box office from the first one, I think. And I and I and I as I say, video whoa, game adaptations. Whoa. I guess I'm not counting. Lost you, John. No, I'm here. John's speechless. He just couldn't answer. You stumped John, Adam. You I'm here. Him. What'd you guys not hear? What didn't you hear? Uh, your, your, your answer. <laughs> my answer about what? Oh, no, I said I think the original Mortal Kombat made money. I must be hitting the button on my Logitech, but if you guys should just keep talking, whether you can hear me or not, because it's kind of <laughs> bullshit just to hear people go, is he there? Is he there? Is he there? When on the recording, guess what? The audience is going to hear me and you talking the entire time because it's recording everything that everybody says the entire time. I've just been like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just pretending like you're a Russian foreign exchange student. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rocky Four, <laughs> Rocky Four, my guy, give me Coca-Cola. Dolph London, yes. Yeah, um, yeah the first Mortal Kombat movie made bank at the box office, and I think everything else after that has sucked. But I guess I was not including Resident Evil in my video game adaptation who did the best movie, because maybe, mm-hmm. maybe Resident Evil is better than Mortal Kombat. I think Mega Man would be a good movie to make, and I love the idea that it's like you got Dr. Wily and a bunch of cool villains. Yeah. You know, like Waterman or Woodman or whatever the hell they did in those those games. I think there's a good opportunity. With well, it. that would be interesting to see if Mega Man leveled up, like if Mega Man was actually going to level up in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like take on their powers. That'd be interesting. How to use their powers to progress in the story. Totally. I, I think there's the a- right time for it. 
Mega Man is an augmented cyborg. No, no, he's not even a cyborg. He's a total robot, right? So yeah, he's like a Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is exciting. Brad Dorf is going to take back the reins of the Chucky character for the Chucky yeah. sci-fi oh, yes. series, sci-fi USA yes. series. Which is the way it should be. I don't know. I mean, Mark Hamill, he's a good voiceover actor, but I mean, seeing Brad Dorf get back into Chucky is pretty awesome. Exciting. News. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Dave, that's you had nothing voice. to say about the video game annotation movies, huh? Oh, well, I mean, that's just not my... Uh... I don't have a lot to say about that. I didn't play a lot of Mega Man growing up. All right, sure. <laughs> um, well, what about me. Chucky? What about Brad Dwarf? The original Chucky taking it back, taking back the role. I'm excited. I actually like the. I mean, um, the the new movie that came out last year was fine, but like I've enjoyed the last couple straight to video things they did with Chucky. So yeah, I'm for it. Do it. Bring it. <laughs> nice. Um, and obviously, the world lost John Saxon, who's like. One of the B-movie kings, I guess you could say. <laughs> Plays a lot of sheriffs. A lot of little uh, heroes. We just watched him in Tenebra and... Uh, or Tenebrae, whatever. Oh, I don't say it. I'm too. saying Bra because I got that... Like I got, what? Nightmare, Be- Nightmare Beach. Yeah, and we just watched yeah. him in Nightmare Beach. I wasn't done with my sentence there. We're talking over <laughs> each other a lot on this one. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, he's most known for probably Enter the Dragon, Nightmare on Elm Street, Joe Kidd. And Wes Craven's new Nightmare reprising his role from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the guy has like over 200 titles. He's one of those like working actors, you know, that was in a bunch of movies going back to the 1950s, if you can believe that. Um, wow. You He's guys have a one favorite? You have a John Saxon favorite? Uh, my, my favorite is New Nightmare. Hmm. I thought yeah, I'm going to say the original that. Nightmare. I'll say the original Nightmare. I mean, that's the first thing I noticed him from, and then it's like everything after is like, oh, he's the dad from Nightmare. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of where my mind goes. I like Nightmare Beach because it's the freshest in my memory of him actually having a depth role to play. As Well, I don't want to ruin the movie. You have to listen to that episode. But it's Apparently, good. he plays a lot of police officers i noticed he also he plays a lot of police officers that are involved in cover-ups you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, at definitely. least in two yeah. movies um, well what what isn't what isn't a police cover-up i don't know um yeah exactly. <laughs> let's see um he actually is playing uh like he's playing himself in this tim thomerson movie coming out called um, bring me the head of lance hendrickson which is a bunch of these 80s guys in a movie where Tim Thomerson is looking for parts, and there's some beef he's got with Lance Hangerson, but it's obviously a play on Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, which is a Sam Peckinpah title. Yeah. But it sounds cool. And so he got to do that. That was maybe one of his last roles. That movie is in post-production, so that should be coming out pretty soon. Nice. Now, there's this comic book, you know, in Japan... Of course, they call them mangas. Came out in a book called Shonen Jump. It's Dragon Ball. I think they've since divided it into Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Super, at least as far as animated shows. But the book, I think, is still released just under the title of Dragon Ball. Has hundreds of copies, hundreds of chapters. And then, because of the American audience, they've truncated the books into these new sections for Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. 
Dragon Ball Super just aired on Toonami, um, and it's part of, like, you know, the Funimation is, like, the distributor, and you can watch it also on Microsoft now. They got, like, the digital catalog. But basically, it's based on this legend from Japan, The Journey into the West, which is, like, about this uh, Monkey King. It's a mythological thing, right? But they expanded that, and they created this race of aliens called Saiyans. They are super strong, and a lot of their power comes from unabashed hatred, but the main character, Goku, is kind of like a Japanese Superman. It's about his adventures. There's aliens that also have powers. It's a martial arts type deal with fantasy and sci-fi elements. Pretty famous. A lot of our rabid anime fans are clued into it. What's happening now is there's a planet-absorbing villain uh, named Maro, who was similar to a character called Cell, who was released in Dragon Ball Z, and people are upset that like he's like uh, looks like Cell, fights like Cell, acts like Cell, and the um, chapters in the comic book are playing out like the Cell saga, which was in Dragon Ball Z. So they're talking about like, oh man, at this point it's like recycled dishwater, right? Like they've run out of stories in the Dragon Ball universe. They're just repeating characters and bringing them back with different, slightly different faces, but they look very similar in the art, right? And they like run out of scripts, and that happens. Um, it was all the rage, though, on our Facebook today, so I thought I would include it in our questions from out there section. Um, I'm, like, the only guy on this show that I think watches Dragon Ball. So, so, so. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm kind of lost, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's, it's fine. Basically, yeah. Dragon Ball is super famous. You. A lot of people like it. It has millions of fans. The fans are now pissed because they're just recycling storylines. And, uh, you know, one could argue that they've been recycling storylines for at least 10 years, and they actually cut out one of their stories, like, from the canon, you know, like, Dragon Ball GT was supposed to happen after Z, and, and, and you know, whatever, it's not canon anymore. It's kind of like Star Wars. It's, like, starting to eat its own tail, you know what I mean? Like, they have so many heroes, and they're just kind of like, well, how many more stories can we squeeze out of this, you know? Right? The cash cow, can we get any more milk out of it, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but Super, as far as the cartoon goes, it's been very entertaining. Um, this one's kind of funny, do you guys remember a couple episodes ago we were talking about like digging up information about the Nick Fury movie actors? Yeah. Oh yeah. So some dude goes, "You guys promised a Nick Fury movie discussion. What happened?" Uh, hey Nick, what happened to our Nick Fury movie discussion? <laughs> <laughs> I had to put you on the spot I, to give an answer. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm di- I'm dying to do it. Let's do it after the okay, um, well, sum- summer slash. I feel like. I'm experiencing kind of a Mandela effect. That's where, like, a group of people think something happened, but it didn't, right? Like, yeah. uh, an example would be um, Jiffy peanut butter. There's Jiff peanut butter and there's Skippy peanut butter, but a lot of people remember Jiffy as a peanut butter. Or how about the Monopoly guy? Did he have a monocle or not? Uncle Moneybags, did he have a monocle or never have a monocle? Right? Monocle. Yeah, but, a lot but, of people mm-hmm. remember he had a monocle, but no, he didn't. But Nick Fury did have a movie, and I thought we were talking about the David Hasselhoff. No, 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 just wait. What, 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 the, the reason I'm experiencing the Mandela effect okay. is because I could have sworn, and I've seen people write about this online, that Scott Bakula also played Nick Fury. No, I don't know about that. Well, okay. that's, what, that's where I'm saying the Mandela effect comes in. The belief yeah. that something happened in oh, Nick, they- right? So, there is a TV movie that came out in, like, 98 called Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it was the Hoff. Yeah. Right? And they did that as a TV movie to try to launch a TV series that never got off the ground. This was like 
pre-Marvel movies. At one point, folks, between the 80s and the 90s, Marvel was selling off all the rights to their heroes to TV companies and production companies. That's how Sony got Spider-Man, because they were going bankrupt, and they were literally just selling IP, intellectual property. They were just left and right. What do we have that's worth money so we can keep the lights on? Right? Yeah. Like, that was yeah. the darkest period in Marvel history, probably. You know? That or Jack Kirby leaving. Um, Jack yeah, Kirby leaving. But I will say, early Marvel, the best thing they ever did was Punisher with, with Dolph Lundgren. That shit was I can ag- I can agree with that. That was pretty good. That's a good one. Yep. Um, so there's our Nick Fury discussion. Whoever you are, I hope you're happy. That's it. <laughs> yeah. we, we resolved that issue. Moving on. Okay. Do you guys like anything besides horror movies? Name one. Nick, do you like anything else besides a horror movie? And can you name a movie that you like? I can name a thousand movies. Yes. Sure. I, uh, I, just, I just watched The Good Son. It was great. <laughs> Wait a minute, but that's suspense, that's thriller, so that's kind of half horror movie. Right? Okay. One, right. one down, 999 to go. Also, Nick, <laughs> we're going to assume that the audience doesn't know the movies we're talking about, so if you tell a title, then kind of just like one sentence or two to tell us what that is. Okay. Okay, so the good song was with Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood, and Macaulay Culkin's pretty much the bad kid that like kills a bunch of people. It's great. But then again, you're right. That is kind of a horror. I mean, but Turtles too. I just watched that. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dave, do you watch anything besides horror movies? And can you name one? Of course, I can name millions or thousands as well. So I I feel like you guys are slightly offended that they're like, "Of course, I've watched other things besides horror movies." (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm a binge watcher. It's Uh, called Summer. I'm going to shout out to um, Crybaby, uh, Johnny Depp movie from 1990. That's actually a musical with from John Waters, uh, like throwback to 1950s Elvis, uh, Joe Art delinquent movies. So. I love that movie. Yes. It's such a fun movie. Yeah, it is. Adam, do you watch anything besides horror movies and can you name one? Nope. I don't watch anything else other than horror movies. Wow. Um, no. <laughs> well, that's your answer. You're, You're shocked to it. it. No, I'm new to horror movies. I don't know anything other than uh, other, other genres. I think Brazil by Terry Gilliam would be my pick. Oh, did you go Ooh, watch it after Dave? Dave was talking about that. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it recently. Nice. Um, and I have uh, an old DVD uh, with uh, the American version and the international version, which has the real ending on it. And I like both. I they did some funky things with the ending. And the different versions of that movie were worth checking out. I so, also, Terry, hey guys, can I tell you a secret? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. also watch things besides horror movies. What? No. Would you no. like me what? to name one as well? Sure. Yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> How are you going to do that? I don't know. I'm breaking breaking hearts. Apparently, of all the serial killer fans that have been sending us newsletters. Okay. Um, I like Quick Change with Bill Murray. It's probably my favorite Bill Murray movie. Actually. Yes, it's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out, folks. There's a couple of things you can watch that aren't horror movies. All right. Um. Are we following the Johnny Depp trial with Amber Heard? I'm, I am. I got my smart news app, yeah. and I'm, I'm like watching the updates every day, brother. They should make a reality show out of this. Like, this is what I want. There's going to be a documentary, probably, once this is over. It'll be like the Hulk Hogan trial with Gawker.com. Um, 
Uh, guys, I'm just going to say, I've been swayed by the stories. I don't know if they're true, but I, I think Amber Heard's a bitch. Like, I, I'm totally on Depp's side. Like, I'm looking at the evidence, and, like, she had an affair with Elon Musk and James Franco. She cut off yeah. his finger. I mean, my God. And then she, tra- she, she, she like, it, ca- it came out that, like, she, like, her, like, she, uh, she said something about, like, um, there was a physical altercation, and it was, like, Oh yeah, but you never hit your sister, and they're like, "Oh, she she hit her sister all the time," and then like then a video sh- like the sister testifies and says, "Oh no, she never hit me," and then like then the video gets shown up in court. You know, this is going on in like British court of all things, so it's a little bit different, right? It's like oh, the wow. Eng- like London High Court or something, and um, wow. her makeup artist is like, "Yeah, she sucks." <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like all these people are like, yeah, Johnny Depp was sitting there drinking and then she threw a plate at his head. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Like, like oh, she God. Crazy and then, now. like, his bodyguard watched her yeah. chop his finger off. And I'm like, what kind of bodyguard gets paid, like, almost a million dollars and then he doesn't prevent him losing the tip of his finger? <laughs> you know, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, and, and here's the thing. Do I wish either of them ill? No, I don't. But it's just nice to know that celebrities can have really fucked up problems too, like the rest of us, you know, that might have these problems. Um, yeah. Which anyway, they have none, he's probably but... going. Depp's probably going through like one of the darkest periods of his life, I, I would imagine. Um, they said it affected him on one of his pirate movie sets, like when this was all the storm was raging in his personal life. But mm. there's another rumor floating around. I, like this is like breaking, and so I wa- I was wanted to include it. Was I just made a note. There's a rumor going around that they are going to do the Batman Beyond live-action movie, and I don't know if we've brought this up before. I know we've talked about the potential for a live-action Batman Beyond, but I don't know if we talked about... They're throwing Johnny Depp's name in the ring for the future Joker. Like, when Joker gets reincarnated in Batman Beyond, I think, through cloning or something. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. He's he's, he's kind of like... uh... Kind of fallen from grace a little bit. Just well, yeah. In terms of the other best part about his... Um, 15 years ago, I, I would have said, hell yeah. Now yeah. I don't know. Uh. The other um, thing about his bodyguard's testimony that was amazing was he said that he basically walks around as Jack Sparrow all the time now. Well, he has an yeah. English accent now, too, so it's perfect. He's doing the court thing in Britain, right? <laughs> oh, it's like permanent? <laughs> he can't get rid of it? Oh, man. I, I mean, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> to me. Okay, and then your favorite Batman movie and why, Nick? My favorite is the uh, not the original original, but the Tim Burton one from '89. I saw that as yeah. a kid in the theater like five times, and it really just it showed me how much like I mean it and it set the template for everything to come later, like. It said it for Christopher Nolan and everything else. I love that movie. I think it's still genius. And I love Michael Keenan as Batman. Cool. Adam? Nick just took mine just to... <laughs> just I did. I, did. I also think you don't have like to say that. if somebody right. took it, just say why it's yours, you know? <laughs> you grabbed it right from me, Nick. Okay. I, I, anyway. Sorry. So we, well, we all, this all affected us. I don't think we'd have the superhero genre like we do today without that movie. Um, totally just agree. that that laughing box at the end kind of really does set the tone for everything that came later because it hit it struck a chord like a real chord and it showed you that we could watch these fantastical stories and get emotionally involved mm-hmm. 
Totally agree. Yeah. That brings us to you, David. Um, I'm going to say uh, The Dark Knight. Um, I love all the Keaton movies, and I think the very first one I saw was Batman Forever, but Bat- uh, Dark Knight was the first one where, like, that movie felt like Heat, the movie Heat, <laughs> except mm-hmm. with Batman characters. Hmm. Um, there's just something so cool. Uh, like that was the first, and I mean, dozens of movies have done it since, but like, that was the first superhero movie that felt really grounded. Like it felt like just a real, like, Oh, I think there could be supervillains and superheroes in real world, in real life. <laughs> you know? So I gotta say the dark Knight. Wow. Okay. My um, favorite is Batman returns with Michael Keaton as Batman. You got Michelle Pfeiffer. That's Catwoman. You got... There's another villain in there, Max Shrek, played DeVito, by baby. Christopher Walken. And then you got DeVito, Danny DeVito, as the Penguin. So sad he'll bite your nose off if you get too close. And I can relate to that. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Yeah, That is a good one, though. It is a good one. Danny DeVito puts in such a fucking performance in that movie. And it has a, it has a unique style too. I'm looking forward to playing Danny DeVito in the Danny DeVito story. Just to let you know. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, so tonight we're talking about Paganini Horror from 1989. Yes, it's also a horror movie from Italy. It's a supernatural slasher, if you will, if such a thing could exist. We'll get into that in just a second. Let's go to first impressions. Give me the cliff notes. Don't read me the entire novel. I don't want to know the whole story. Not yet. Let's go to Nick. First impression. Sexy rockers twist ending in Donald Pleasance. That's all I got to say. Hmm. <laughs> Dave. Uh, bon, jo- bon Jovi has a lawsuit on his hands. Oh my gosh. I know. Holy shit. Okay. I wasn't the only one who thought that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Adam. 80s music. Devil dollars, curses, and alternate timelines mm. for the win. So as soon as I knew what was happening, bathtub, electrocution, into rock music, I was hooked. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we'll be right back after these messages. You know, Repo Man and Repo Men are both on the Stars Network right now. One of them has an alien in a trunk killing people as they repossess cars. The other one has dudes walking around collecting defunct organs from people that couldn't pay up. They're literally chopping organs out of people. You can watch these movies and many others for free for seven days with our affiliate link in the podcast notes. And now back to the show. That's how quick an ad should be. Three seconds. Four seconds. Take note. That was good. Take note. You fucking podcast advertisers out there that are making us waste a minute of our time. Three seconds is all you need to deliver it and move on. Okay. Uh, I signed up based on that ad. Yeah, exactly. It was the F word, right? Got you hooked. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what is this movie about? The Panini Whore? Pig, pig. Anybody want a Panini? Panini sandwich? All right. Panini Whore from 1989. Is a film by Luigi Cozy. You might know him from a movie called Contamination or any of the early 80s cheesy Hercules films. I don't know if it was the Lou Ferrigno ones, but anyway, the first early Hercules ones that came out were his. 
Um, Contamination is actually kind of cool. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that's probably his best mm-hmm. movie. He did he did a lot of schlocky shit, but um, it's really funny his complaint about his own movie, which will come up a little later. Um, so anyway, this movie is about a female rock band that acquires an unpublished song by Paganini and then decide to record it. They film a music video at uh, Paganini's house, and then it awakens the spirit and opens a portal to hell. Paganini was real. He was a composer in the 1880s. He was rumored to be so gifted it had to come from the devil, his talent. And so people were like, whoa. Then he died. They wouldn't bury him. His family had to petition the church to like an illegal appeal to get the guy buried Like years later. His body's on tour for like four years, and they put his prized violin in a special case in a museum somewhere because they thought dude got his talent from a deal with the devil, soul to soul. And then in the 1980s, what's that, 100 years later, right, from his death, they make a movie, a rock band, gets an unpublished song from some skeevy dude played by, as Nick had mentioned, Donald Pleasance, who may or may not be the devil, doing devilish deals and selling cursed songs to people. And now let's go on to favorite bits. So let's um let's change up the order here. Let's start with Dave. Alright. Um well this had I I guess we could assume a head crushing or a head explosion. It was off camera, but this this had the, one of the most interesting uh facial explosions we'll call it. I don't know. Uh, and I love the 80s style of the music. Um, this is a fun movie. Hmm. My favorite bits. That was very quick. Uh, favorite bit. I just did it. For uh, Nick, we'll go to you. <laughs> uh, my favorite bit's actually the ending. I thought I liked the twist, and I like where Donald Pleasance is kind of explaining, like, like the girl thinks she's going to get free. And then he stabs her, and then you see the next family going into the house. I thought I, I thought that was just a. I mean, it's not a bit, but I just like kind of the twist, I, like this. You know what I mean? Like no, this I don't character. mean I don't mean like a comedy bit. I mean like a bit of this movie, just like a piece, like something that you find interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what I found interesting. I thought yeah. the end was like I really liked the ending to it. I, I thought the rest was kind of eh, standard, whatever. But the end, I was like, oh, that's kind of strong. That was really like a cool ending. You know? Can I ask one thing? Was Donald Pleasant's voice? Dubbed, dubbed by himself. That? He was so he was. It felt weird, did it? Not yeah, feel he, weird they had him dubbed himself yeah. because I think he was speaking Italian during the production, and then it, just like like John Saxon, how he dubbed himself in Tenebrae. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was like, you know, I'm gonna ask you guys on the show because I felt like something was off about his performance, and I, I was like, it's got to be his voice or something's off. Okay, okay, good call. Okay, hmm. worth knowing. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally, we've arrived at you, Double A. All right. Okay. So, okay. I don't know if this is the same thing Dave just described, but there's a scene in the movie where one of the girls is being force fielded to death. Like she's being pressed as if by glass, like how you would smoosh yeah. your face up against glass. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Is it's the same one? Oh my gosh. That threw me for a loop. I got really excited when I saw that. That was pretty inventive. It's like something out of a dream or something. Uh, but yeah, being crushed by a force field of unknown origin while your friends are helpless. I mean, what power? Um, what was your favorite stuff, John? I love the head popping. 
I wrote it down. It <laughs> happens at about an hour, eight minutes, and in like 45 <laughs> seconds, you can go right to the head popping. That's the runtime. But I also like the way that the dude looked, the ghost of uh, Paganini. Looks pretty cool, yeah. like a golden face skeleton. And they kind of set it up from the beginning because the girl drops a doll that has a face like that. Then you see him in the music video mask, and then you see him, the real ghost, the real Scooby-Doo-style villain, if you will, pops up and starts killing people. I, I also like the girl, they, the missing band member they were looking for down in hell, like when they get into, locked into the maze of like the basement tunnels or whatever that are in this house, and they find her, and she's yeah. kind of like skinned, like kind of like a Hellraiser torture t- type deal. That was kind of cool. And then uh, what's interesting is, like, I, I I was kind of entertained by the movie, but, like, when it comes out, even the director pans it. He's upset that the producer reduced the budget, stuck him in a house, and he said, like, if you had, like, a great filmmaker stuck in this house with a 16-millimeter camera, they wouldn't be able to pull it off. And the Klaus Kinski actor, was it was written for him, and then he never got to uh, – he may have died by this point. I don't know. I don't exactly know why he never ended up in the movie, but they never got him. Maybe they couldn't afford him or something. But then also, this guy named uh, Louis Paul writes a book called, like, you know, Italian Horror Directors, and he said basically it was critically panned. Like, nobody in the industry liked this movie when they made it, and it was a flop at the Italian box office. What's funny is this dude, um, the director, Cozy or whatever, he's friends with Argento, helps him run that shop, that memorabilia shop. He's a part owner. You know that thing, the Prendo Rosso or whatever we learned about? Yeah. Where they have yeah, all the yeah. Italian horror <laughs> library and all that. So, um, And he also worked on some of Argento's movies as like an assistant director. So, I mean, the guy's got chops. and But again, like he's most famous for this other movie, Contamination, which is kind of a cool, weird thing with a Cyclops-looking alien that plants these eggs all over the place. Uh you guys should watch that, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I, I, it was fun. Is it the best that we've seen in the marathon? It may not be the best, but it's it's entertaining for a night. You just turn it on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, know, I, guess, I, I guess I'm trying to argue that it's a good movie when it's it's just kind of like lukewarm. It's cool it's that it's a, based it's on a, a real curse. It's a mediocre curse. movie. It's, it's not a bad movie. It's just... Yeah. Uh, I think it started off strong. Like I was into it with the 80s style and the 80s music, and then it just kind of petered out for me i don't know <laughs> i like the I, mtv I style music video stuff at the beginning so i guess i have at least like what i got four or five bits that i like right well yeah, and that's I and like that's that. kind of what i was attracted to in the movie but it just that style seems to go by the wayside after a while hmm. um all right let's put it let's put it to our rating system then let's do our binge nows our binge laters and our binge nevers dave why don't you kick it off um or am I just voting on this one or suggesting other things to watch as well? Oh, man. In this style. Do what we did. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, you guys are breaking my heart. <laughs> like, we brought this back last week, and literally in the notes it said, pick three movies, compare it to two other movies. Sorry, okay, okay, okay. So yeah. I've got it. I've got it. Okay, okay. So, um, well, this movie I'm going to say binge later because it's not – I would never tell anybody not to watch it, but it's I, you don't have to rush to it. Okay, um, fair enough. But, kind of an 80s movie about people who in a house that get possessed um, I'm going to say um, Night of the Demons that's one of my favorites not exactly in the same style but you know a house demons shit happens you know hey um, and I'm going to say I, I don't have necessarily a binge never but maybe a binge maybe um, I'm going to say Hard Rock Zombies just to tie it into another like movie from the 80s about rockers <laughs> and uh, horror 
Hard Rock Zombies. Check that out. Hmm. Maybe. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let's go to Nick. I'm going to say binge this later. Hmm. Uh, it's not that I didn't like it. I just, yeah, it could wait. Uh, binge, what is it? Binge maybe? Yeah. Or I mean, yeah, binge maybe. I'm going to say go to the classic 1986, I think it was 1986 movie, House. If you want like a little bit better of a house horror movie. And then a really cool house horror movie, like some of I would say House of the Devil. Yeah. That's- Binge Maybe is the fourth one that Dave came up with last year where if it can't be a later or a never, it's like in between. Yeah. Uh, Adam. I, I, I bend the rules. You bend the rules? Yeah, you're dangerous. <laughs> we know this already. Okay. Can't trust this guy. Uh, what are the three categories again? Binge Now, Binge Later, or Binge <laughs> Never. Okay, because Binge Maybe was introduced. Okay, that's, that's like a, the that's a, that, that one's that one's like a unofficial in between. If you don't want to really slam a movie, but you don't want to give it props either, it's just a floater. Mm. Okay. I uh, guess you should so go back really... and binge watch a bunch of binge watchers. <laughs> yeah, well, I would recommend everyone do that. Okay, so <laughs> I think this should be binge later. But but if you really like Paganini, uh, which I'm a huge fan of Paganini, I thought that that was that made the movie more accessible. Uh, uh, that song that they played when they first, when he first plays the piece of music on the piano, I got goosebumps. So that, if that pushes you in the direction of binge, maybe, or maybe binge now, then go ahead and watch this is hmm. fantastic film. Um, I would say, uh, I don't like to say binge never. So I'm going to, I'm going to, my three are going to be binge now and binge maybe. So binge now, I would say, Watch the original Troll movie. That's a fun one. Do you remember that one, John? Troll 1? Yeah. It's in an apartment building. He has a magic world in her apartment downstairs. There's some plants and trolls. Yeah, Yeah, Mm. there's a a stop motion mushroom in that That movie. That's (laughs) basically the entire movie. That is true. (laughs) It's about House 2. Then that's my binge, maybe. I'm You're going to do House 2, the second story? I'm, gonna, I'm going House 2, because there's a movie that is much better than House 1, and it is House 2. Because <laughs> it's on the second story. All right. It's not just that. There is a caterpillar dog, and you have to see it to believe it. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Dog so bad. House and House 2 are great movies. Everybody should watch them. We just don't have time to talk yeah. about them right now. Um, sure. So binge now, binge later, binge never for me. Okay, binge now a movie called Bones with Snoop Dogg. Oh wow! Really? Nice. Yeah, I'm sticking to I supernatural need, slashers I need, I need, with like a cursed ghost type deal. So yeah, so go back that. and watch Bones with Snoop Dogg. Um, binge later is on the. I got I, this is teetering. I got Paganini Horror on the same binge later with Stay Alive. Which is a haunted video game movie from 2006, but it's pretty cool. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. And it also has a cursed ghost that makes terrible things happen to the people in the movie. So, look that one up. Um, let's move on to final thoughts. We'll start with Nick. This is kind of like I, a game I, show. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but <laughs> I feel like every time I have to prompt somebody, it's like we're like it's like Pat Sajak time. You know? Yeah. Right. Nick, what is your answer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I thought this movie was fun. It, it's down on the out of our our summer sta- slash thing. I think it's down on the bottom 
it's not one of the worst, mm. but it's not one of my favorite. But I did enjoy it. I love the twist ending. I love seeing Donald Pleasance in this movie. Um, really, the twist ending is what got me the most. Am I, I the only I'll... one that thinks he's actually the devil? I think he is too. I, I could. I that. think he is too. I think he is too. Or he's some dem- one of high level, high level like, devil dude, right? Like, like he's number yeah. one demon in hell or something. Yeah. He's like vice president of the de- devil. Yeah, yeah, vice president yeah. of hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't out of all the movies we've been doing. It's it's on the bottom end. All right, fair enough. Double A. What are your thoughts? Final ones. Okay, Donald Pleasance is probably an angel, and my theory is is more along the lines of it's punishment oriented. Wait, he's and a he's what? Judging he's a, them. You think he's a what? An angel. Hmm. He's like an a, angel of vengeance. Like a, a bad angel, or okay. Hmm. No, he's like an angel. Just, I don't know if he's. I don't know how bad he is. I mean, look, he's like you did stuff for money, and that, you that, killed your mom, true. and here. No, but look so at the feel- look at the um, old legends about old scratch, which I was researching for our our film project that we were talking about a few weeks ago, not on the air. So the audience, you have no idea what the hell we're talking about. But this devil is sympathetic in stories and literature. He's sympathetic with the victims, even the people that sell their souls. He has sympathy for them because he he screwed up too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but you're but you're right. He this might be like an angel of purgatory or something. Yeah. I can totally see that, yeah. Adam. Yeah, people that deserve it. He's like the only innocent one. Is the the little girl or whatever? At Do you remember that end. at the very yeah. end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody like, else is not innocent, so they can be punished. So yeah. he could be a devil that's like he's allowed to punish them, or he could be an angel that's allowed to punish them. David, weigh in on this. Final thoughts. Um, I think he's a devil. Uh, if that, um. It, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts. I think it was just kind of a mediocre movie. Um, stuff I liked, uh, the the music of the ladies, the very 80s style. What I was referring to either earlier about Bon Jovi is the very first song in the movie the girls are playing sounds beat for beat like You gave Lo- you Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. It, it does. So, I thought that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, the, the kills weren't very creative. I mean, I just, I don't see, I don't see going back and watching this again. I don't regret watching it, but, um, it was, it was okay. You could do a lot worse. I'm just, I'm, it's a very middling movie. That's kind of where my, why I'm just like, eh, you know, watch it. Don't watch it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the audience should watch it. And if they don't, they should at least listen to us talk about it. Yeah. We have something to say about it. Yeah. Dave, um, would you rather watch the anime version? Ah. <laughs> Is it just this movie rotoscoped? Because then, no. Yeah. Um, which brings us to one of my favorite sections. If you don't like the stuff we're talking about, you have a second chance to fall in love with us because we have what else we watching. So let's go to Nick. What else you watch this week, bro? Oh, guys, I'm going to bring it to some reality crap that you guys hate and I love. Oh Dave, you're going to love this. It's called Labor of Love. Let me get. Let me explain it really quick. So, it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have this code of conduct policy now, and I might have to add, I might have to add, don't talk about fucking reality junk. Okay, go ahead, Nick. You can finish. Maybe this, maybe this is my last week talking about reality, but but I can't, I can't not. Dave, listen to me on this one, okay? There's this girl. She's 41. She wants to get pregnant. She needs to find a husband. 15. It's like the Bachelorette. 
and there's 15 guys trying to get Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So she got knocked up. So she's a hussy. Instead of going to a local bar and finding a drunk guy to be the stepdad, she's going on she a She needs to be on a Fox show. Fox show, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. It, it, it's incredible. How much do we got to pay you, you to take on somebody's bastard? Okay. It's so good. <laughs> Moving on. I'm not yeah. watching it. Let's go to Adam. What are you watching this week? I've been watching uh, after a follow-up to Altered Carbon, which I finished on um, Netflix. I started watching Upload on Prime, uh, which is a really fun show about what it's like to go to the afterlife, um, a digital afterlife that where you can remain in perpetuity as long as you pay your bills or somebody else pays you in the case of the show. So, uh, oh, wait. So about if, what... if, like, you're... If somebody doesn't pay your bill, then you get erased? Your digital copy gets erased? No, you that just sucks. pause and you can't do anything. Like, oh. you're on pause. Oh, like, so it's like, it's like in-app a... purchases. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. They gamify the end life and they charge people that are still out in the real world uh, money. But it's not really you, right? And like, you're just like clone. You're like a copy somehow, right? Onto a, a... Well, in order to. Yeah, the, well, the show has a clever device for solving any kind of weirdness there. And it means that you pretty much have to die in the real world in order to go to this place. Hmm. So, yeah, while it's a digital copy of you, it's not a repeat copy. You get utterly destroyed, and it, it is a recreation of you in the digital realm. And there's different places you can go. He's in a really ritzy place, but then you get exposed to people that don't have a very ritzy place. So you're like, it's the equivalent of being stored on a hard drive and not accessed until someone pays money for you to be able to, uh, quote unquote, live posthumously. Hmm. So very, very interesting concept. It's, it's pretty much a comedy drama. Uh, and uh, I think it's a lot of fun. And I, I would definitely recommend it. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds cool. There were, I was reading this um, scientist pondered that your consciousness is this not electric energy or magnetic is like a different there's energy stored somewhere in like certain cells and they're like that's your consciousness and that that part of you is still alive after the rest of you is dead and then i was online because before the episode adam told me about this show and then i was like oh yeah that's interesting and then i went online and found a picture of like uh this little joke meme about like consciousness and then uh adam reminded me that like you know, they asked the guy, we're about to chop your head off at the guillotine, but try to blink your eyes for as long as you can because we want to study that. So we're going to write down how many seconds you blink that you, you recognize that you're dead, <laughs> you know, after we chop your head off. Man. Wow. French. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Freaky. Yeah. I told you that because I, uh, I was truly disturbed by the meme that you sent me. Oh. And uh, I wanted to share to make it seem like, oh, I know cool, cool stuff. That's sure. dark too. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, next week we're watching Baskin, which is another supernatural entry for our horror movie marathon. I'm really looking forward to Baskin. I've heard good things. I've been looking forward to this too. Nice. Yeah. And afterwards we can all go out and get some ice cream. 31 flavors. <laughs> 32 this far actually it's, it's joke of the night right yeah now. it's actually flavor 666 but you know what are you gonna do so now they have 666 oh, okay. flavors but 
Tonight's credit song is Rhinestone Ransom by Brasco. I tried to find a song that didn't rip off Bon Jovi, as Dave insinuated that the band in the movie did tonight, but I wanted to find a credit song that sounded similar to the music that was featured in the movie, and Brasco is actually one of the better groups that you can find on Soundstripe. So this this will be their song, Rhinestone Ransom. You'll hear this. Um, if you like earbuds, we have a deal with Raycon. If you uh, listen to us, you can get the Everyday E25 earbuds. If you want to get 15% off right now, you can go to buyraycon.com forward slash binge watchers. We all have a pair. We love them. You should try them out. They're basically, they're usually 80 bucks, but this way you get them for like 60 It's a pretty good deal. And they sound great. I was listening to podcasts earlier. I had a playlist going for Summer Slash. I was replaying episodes, and it sounded great. So try it out. Okay, supposedly Rufus is in the movie somehow, and there is a post credit scene in Bill and Ted 3. Those are the spoilers that Dave was so afraid to hear, but Comic-Con already spoiled them. Thanks for sticking around after the credits to hear those spoilers. We'll see you next time on Binge Watchers. <laughs>